What's up, everyone? This is episode number 78 of the Wax Museum podcast, where I talk about all things basketball cards from past to present to future. This is your host, Kyle. And as always, you guys can find me throughout the week on social media. My Instagram is at Wax Museum Podcast. My Twitter is at Wax Museum PC. Okay, well, we have had another great week of basketball in the NBA bubble. And there are a couple of series that have stretched out longer than I thought. I'm recording this on Tuesday, so who knows what happens after that. But so far, I've been really impressed by the Thunder. Um, There were some series that were shorter than I anticipated, including my Pacers Pacers series against the Heat. I didn't think they'd win. I didn't want them to get swept. Um, I guess I should be used to that by now. I've seen a lot of that. I think three out of their last four playoff series have been sweeps. Um, but anyway, uh, in the Western Conference, we had a crazy game winner from Luka. And, it, you know, there are a number of storylines I could talk about regarding the playoffs, but I'm not here to give a lot of analysis about that. Um, I'll just say that I continue to be impressed by this NBA bubble environment, and I hope you guys are enjoying it as well. All right, well, I've got a couple of things I'd like to talk about today. I'd like to share a few pieces of mail I got this week, and then I'd like to share my card show experience from several weeks ago. As a little teaser, I'll tell you, I bought a card that's not supposed to exist, and I came home with a couple of Hall of Fame rookies that I've wanted for years. So needless to say, it was a good experience. I'll talk all about it in the second segment. Okay, so to start us off, I had a couple of exciting mail days in the last week. Uh, People have messaged me that they like hearing about my mail, and quite frankly, I like talking about it, so I think I'm going to make it somewhat of a regular thing, Uh, and maybe that's a way you can get to know me better, because I feel like you can learn a lot about a person by looking at their collection. It's kind of like that idea, you know, you go to someone's house, you can learn a lot about somebody by looking at their bookshelf, okay? All right, so the first package I want to talk about was a small box of about 50 cards from ComC. So it felt a little bit like Christmas because these have been cards that, yeah, I bought them all, but some of them were a while ago. For those of you that aren't familiar with that website, ComC is an acronym for Check Out My Cards, and I encourage you to do just that. Check them out. Um, They let you buy from multiple sellers, and they let you combine shipping. This is especially useful for low-end cards because I have a hard time buying $3 cards on eBay and then paying $4 shipping for each and every one of them. Well, ComC provides a great alternative. Uh, It also allows you to try and flip a bunch of small cards into something nicer, which is what I did for a few of these cards, including a Lance Stevenson RPA. Uh, I know, you know, that might have just sounded like an infomercial. They don't sponsor this show in any way. I don't get any perks from them. Um, You know, I'm not even really talking to them. I just really like the service, and I think it's something that could help your collection, uh, and I wanted to make sure that I shared it with you. So anyway, back to this package from them. There were 50 cards, and I picked them all up during the pandemic months. I had been hesitant to ship everything because I had heard that they were pretty slow since the pandemic started. And a lot of the shipping estimates, you know, I checked in April, I checked in May, I checked in June. They were really, um, they were late in the year. So I just figured, well, I'll just, um, you know, kind of let things build up and then I'll do a, a big package, a big altogether package. Well, I checked it again recently 
and I saw there was one that was fairly reasonable. It, it was $22 for Priority Rushed. I know $22 seems like a lot for a package, but when you break it down uh, per card, and some of the cards I had in there were nice, you know, it wasn't horrible. So I requested it on August the 16th, and they showed up on August the 24th, so that wasn't too bad. Um, this box had a lot of gold refractors and gold prisms, perfect binder stuff, kind of like what I talked about with Ryan a couple of weeks ago. Um, he likes using them. I like using the Z Folio binders as well because they don't weigh too much and they don't take up a lot of space either. Um, I'll probably post some of these cards individually on my social media in the coming weeks, but if you want to see the contents of my entire package, I recorded the unboxing and I uploaded it to my YouTube channel. You know, I could play that audio here, but it, it's, it doesn't present as well. I feel, I feel like you need to see the cards, uh, but I do talk about the cards there as well. So check that on out on my YouTube channel. If you like seeing this kind of stuff, give the video a thumbs up and subscribe. Uh, at least all of my YouTube friends tell me that that kind of stuff helps the channel. So I'm going to trust them on that. Give it a thumbs up. Please subscribe. Okay. Uh, the second package that I want to talk about came from a listener named Scott, and I believe his Instagram handle is Vintage Card Investor. I tried to tag him and thank him, but for some reason, I'm still in Instagram jail, and my account is heavily restricted. I'm going on, I think I'm over two weeks now. But um, anyway, back to this package. It absolutely floored me, because early last week, he messaged me, and um, you know we've chatted a little bit before, and he said, hey, I've got a number of extra 1969 Tops cards that I'm looking to get rid of, including some of the bigger stars. And he sent me a picture you know, of Wilt and Oscar. So, of course, that got my interest. And he said, well, is this something that interests you? Yes. Yes, it does. You know, I said, sure, send me some pictures. Um, you know, what are you looking for? We chatted a little while and he would not let me pay for them. He wouldn't even let me pay for shipping, which was super generous of him. So, um, you know, I had some idea of what I was getting, but a, a few days later I come home and there's this big box on my doorstep. And uh, the timing of this was great because it was a Friday. You know, it had been a pretty tough week at work and I was just drained. Um, you know, everyone knows that feeling. I'm not saying my job is any harder than anyone else's. Uh, but, you know, you get to Friday and you're just absolutely drained. So the timing was perfect. To say that this was a pick-me-up was a bit of an understatement. So I opened this box up and there was a complete 1969 top set in there, minus the Kareem rookie, which I, that's one of the few cards I had already. Uh, and then they were all they were all top-loaded. Um, and then there were extras of most of the cards, too. And then there was a handful of graded cards, including a Wilt and a Havlicek. So, Scott, I know I've thanked you privately already, but I just wanted to let you know again that I appreciated that. Um, thank you so much. And before I move off of my mail days, one thing that I really enjoyed about both of these packages, and one of the main reasons I wanted to talk about them, is that I'm going to be able to enjoy them multiple times over. Um, just the unboxing itself on Friday took quite a bit of time. And then I sorted the set. And then I spent more time with it on Sunday, putting the top-loaded cards in a binder, putting the set in order. And then I know I'll go through that binder again in the future as well. Same thing with that Com C box. I separated them into piles when I got them. I know I'm going to be rearranging my binders. I might do that while I'm watching a game. 
You know, I'll look through those binders. I'll show people those binders. Um, that's something to keep in mind when it comes to the hobby. When you're buying or trading or receiving a car, just know that it can give you enjoyment on so many different levels if you let it. Because think about it. You know, think about the process. There's the the process of seeing the card. Maybe it shows up on eBay and thinking about it. And then the day to bid finally comes. There's the rush of, of winning a bid. Some people like the anticipation involved in tracking a card as it moves from one sorting center to another. You know, maybe it's just me, but I like to see what cities it goes to. Uh, then there's that little dopamine rush when it lands in your mailbox. Some people like the unboxing and they like sharing that with others. Then there's picture taking, there's sorting, and so on and so on. Some people like to grade afterwards and then that process kind of repeats. So I can see where that's appealing. All of that is to say, I know sometimes when I do too much buying, I end up just taking my cards out of the envelope. I look at them, I make sure they're okay. I put them in a box, I put them in a pile and I forget about them. And when I treat them in that way, I'm doing myself a disservice because um, this is something that brings me a lot of enjoyment and I'm not allowing myself the time to actually enjoy the cards. So that might be something to consider as you continue to refine your approach to the hobby. Think about how you can maximize that initial cost or that initial investment and multiply that enjoyment in the long run. All right, so before I move into today's segment, I want to take a quick moment to tell you about Fanatics. Uh, I've talked a little about them already. I talked about the Pacers mask that I bought a couple of weeks ago. Um, You know, people have been talking to me about the Pacers at work all week, even though it's not a great week to be talking about them. It was nice, though, to have that mask to initiate that conversation. Um, You know, maybe you want some Luka gear like a shirt or a plush doll. That's not weird. You know, whatever NBA gear you're looking for, there's a good chance that Fanatics has got it. And now you can use my affiliate link when you shop. Just go to www.tinyurl.com slash WMPod and click on the Fanatics logo at the top. Shop as planned and the show gets a small commission in the process. It's a win-win. Once again, that's www.tinyurl.com slash WMPod. Okay, on to the main event. I want to talk about a card show that I went to several weekends ago. Now, uh, even though I I love going to card shows, I wasn't ever in a real hurry to get back to shows during the pandemic. And I don't think I I had been to one since March. Uh, In fact, I don't think there were any around here for at least four months. And for Florida, that's saying something because Florida is not always known for making good decisions. So, um, things picked back up in July, though, and with a lot of precautions, which I was you know, glad about that. You had your mandatory mask, your social distancing, your hand sanitizer, that whole deal. Um, well, in the process of shows coming back, there was actually a new show that sprung up in the area, and it was advertised as having 80 tables. So I definitely wanted to go and check it out. Because um, also, in addition to looking for nice Pacer stuff, which I always am, I really wanted to find an Oscar Robertson rookie card. I've been shopping these online pretty hard since January. 
but I wanted to see one in person and I wanted to find the right one for me. And in fact, along the way, I passed on some low-grade copies and, and then they basically disappeared. And the, the few copies that popped back up on eBay were at a massive, massive premium. Um, and then Gary V mentioned the card in one of his live, live streams. Um, you know, I figured I had an uphill battle in front of me. And um, so not long ago, I picked up a nice Julius Irving rookie in a lot that I, you know, I think will grade well. I think it might get a five or a six. And I figured I might have to sacrifice that in order to even get a low grade Oscar. Um, but, it, you know, all of these things were going through my mind. The point being, I wanted an Oscar Robertson. And when I went back to this first show in July, I was going there to look, but I was going there on a mission. And I took a small box full of LeBron stuff to use as ammunition just in case I found an Oscar. Um, so anyway, um, I get in the car and with Mrs. Wax Museum and we go there. And we do a quick circle of the room. You know, I always try and, I know I'm going to spend a lot of time there, but I try and do a quick circle just in case something catches my eye. I don't want to miss out on that later. So I do that. I get a feel for what's there and, and what my strategy of the day will be. And um, I, I found a 1961 Wilt. I already had one of those. I wasn't looking for another. Uh, and there wasn't a 61 Oscar in sight. In fact, um, there was not another 1961 Fleer card in the entire show that I saw. And for what it's worth, I didn't see a Jordan rookie either. This was a pretty big show for the area. There was, however, um, another card of a, of a much lesser known player at the show that absolutely floored me. I did a major double take when I saw this. It was a Kerwin Roach autograph. And a lot of you are probably thinking... Who's Kerwin Roach? And that's a great question. Kerwin, Kerwin Roach is a 6'4 guard that played for the University of Texas. Uh, he went undrafted in last summer's draft and eventually landed with the Rio Grande Valley Vipers of the G League, where he played 36 games and averaged about 7 points per game. You might know him from his autographed cards in Contenders or Prism Draft, which you can pick up on ComC starting at... The last time I checked, $1.63. So what was so special about this card at this card show? Well, it was from 2019-2020 Topps Chrome Basketball. And, you know, I, I saw it and I, I didn't want to have any visible reaction. So I, you know, I calmly <laughs> tried to ask the owner to see it up close and he asked me, he said, do you know about these? Um, and I said, yeah, I, you know, I know a few things about them. So I'll, I didn't go into it there, but I'll share with you guys real quick um, before I continue here. I'll share with you the rest of the story, um, kind of give you some background for these. I know I've talked about them a little in the past, but I never put it all together for you. So back around May of 2019, a couple of future draft picks posted stories or videos on their Instagram accounts that showed them signing some Chromium cards. Uh, two players specifically that I remember, we had uh, Tyler Hero and Jalen Hands. And I think later on we saw some um, on an ESPN show, actually, from Jackson Hayes. Well, these were Chromium cards, but they definitely weren't Prism. 
And if you pause the videos or looked close at the pictures, you could make out a Topps Chrome logo on them. And it was very clear. I mean, you weren't going to mistake that for anything else. And that got a lot of people talking, obviously, because we hadn't seen Topps Chrome basketball since 2009, 2010. So, you know, in addition to just miscellaneous chatter here and there, it got some mainstream attention. You had Blowout posted an article, Beckett posted an article, but Tops would not comment at the time. And it left a lot of people trying to speculate what would happen, myself included. My guess was that they were trying to sign uh, Zion to an exclusive and make some noise with the set. You know, obviously that would be a big hit if they could get Zion, jump back into the basketball game, even with an unlicensed product. Um, you know, even if it ended up in a baseball product like Allen and Ginter, that would be a huge incentive for non-baseball people to rip that product. Um, but we didn't know. And if you'll remember, I emailed Tops in June and talked about it on this show. And two months later, they got back to me. But there wasn't a lot of substance to their response. But they said, quote, At this time, I have not heard anything further regarding the Tyler Hero Tops Chrome signing. It is possible that these cards were being used as inserts for this year's release. However, nothing has been confirmed. Well, come July, uh, and then even heading into the National, we were still wondering when we'd see this set. We didn't think it would be an, an if we saw this set, because we know the cards were produced, so it had to have been, you know, when would we see this set, or will Zion be in this set? Because he hadn't signed a, um, an exclusive with anyone at that time. Well, as it turned out, he was involved in some legal stuff regarding his marketing, so I think that had an effect on his announcement, too, and I talked about that in episode 23, but eventually he signed with Panini. Um, that didn't necessarily mean, though, that the Topps Chrome draft set wasn't happening. You know, I figured it was still coming in some capacity because we'd seen um, basketball players in Allen and Genter before. We, you know, we've seen them show up in other places. Um... But we didn't hear, you know, anything about it. We didn't see anything else about it. It's almost like Tops pretended that it never existed. Well, finally, someone got Tops to make some comment on it, albeit months later. Someone asked about it at February's Industry Summit, uh, and then the, the updates were posted on the blowout forums. And the poster claimed, quote, Tops Chrome Basketball is DOA from Industry Summit. It's dead. Cards will not be packed out, licensing concerns. Uh, we also heard from another card shop owner that was at the summit, and he reported back that the cards were supposed to be shredded. And that's not the first place I've heard that. So I, I talked with somebody that collects Tyler Hero cards. He had a pretty good connection with someone that's in the know at Tops. You know, obviously we're not going to give a bunch of sources away, but... He asked about the hero cards, you know, because he collects them, and he was told they were all shredded. Well, he, you know, he double-checked, like, are you sure that a couple of these maybe don't still exist? You know, are any of them going to leak out? And this contact reiterated, no. The high-ups oversaw the whole thing to make sure that not one hero got out. Don't bother saving your money for one. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, so unfortunately, we don't have any official quotes from a Topps social media account or anything. Um, but that, you know, looks like this set is completely dead. The cards are not supposed to exist. 
The cards were shredded um, in front of a Topps official. That's the story that we've heard. So anyway, <laughs> then we move back to July of 2020, where I'm standing at a card show, and I've made my first circle, and I am holding a card that's not supposed to exist. Um, a really cool piece of hobby history that you know kind of encapsulates some of the chaos of Zion Mania. You guys know it, you know, it doesn't matter what player it is. I'm all about stuff like that. So I asked the owner, said, you know, where did you even find this? And he talked me through it. And, uh, you know, apparently he reached out to a player on Instagram at some point and he asked him for it and they came to some sort of an agreement. And I don't, you know, I don't know. I didn't ask what, if it was dollars or, you know, I didn't ask any of that kind of stuff. I'm not trying to get anyone in trouble here. So, you know, we talked about it. And the next question, of course, was how much do you want for it? And he said a hundred bucks. Well, I felt like that was kind of steep. For a guy that isn't in the NBA at the moment, you know, even with the subject matter overall. So I also, I, you know, maybe a part of that, I also thought I might be able to reach out to that player myself to see, you know, if he had one copy, he might have another one. So for the time being, in that at that July show, I took a picture of the card, I showed a few of my friends, but I didn't want to talk much about it. I didn't want to jinx anything. And uh, I did a little more shopping at the show, nothing big. Uh, but on my way home, I sent the player a message, and, and he was very nice about it, but he didn't have any more. He said he'd reach out to the company to see if they had more for him, but knowing the circumstances of this set, I knew that they definitely wouldn't, and he didn't know that, and I don't fault him for that. Okay, so that was July, and as the month moved along, of course, I thought about that card quite a bit. Um, and the seller also had it listed on eBay for like $5,000 or best offer. So I messaged him and I told him, Hey, you know, I'm the guy who talked to you at the card show about this. I said, if you change your mind, I'll offer you 50 bucks for it. And, um, you know, he said, thank you. And that was that. And as of this point I had struck out. And, um, you know, July moved forward and I just kept thinking about how cool it would be to own this card. So when it came time for the August show, I packed up a few of my slabbed LeBrons once again, in case I saw an Oscar, um, Mrs. Wax Museum and I jumped in the car and I told her, I said, our first priority when we get to this show will be to find this table with this Topps Chrome card. And I saw, I checked, it was still listed on eBay, so I figured the owner still had it, but I just hoped he would be at the show. I'd hope, I, you know, I was hoping he had it with him, and I was hoping he'd be willing to sell it. Well, that's a lot of hoping, so I was trying not to get my hopes up. And so we get there, and Mrs. Wax Museum actually spotted the sign for the right table, and we make a beeline there, and the card's there. And, um, you know, I asked the guy that's manning the booth, I said, hey, can I look at that? And he said, um, do you know about this card? Yes, I know about this card. Um, he pointed out some of the damage, so I appreciate that. You know, he's very transparent um, through the whole process. And remember last time he asked for 100, I countered with 50. Um, this time I, I said, hey, you know, what do you want for it? And he said $150. And... Uh, I, you know, on the inside, I kind of flinched. 
Um, I didn't show it on the outside. You know, I wasn't trying to be rude. It's his card. I understand that. Uh, and before I could even say anything, uh, it dawned on him that I was the same guy that asked about it last month. And he said, you know what? I told you $100 last month. I'd do $100 for it. And I, I tried to get him to meet me at $75 and he wouldn't. So um, I reached into my pocket. A little part of me died on the inside. I pulled out a $100 bill and we made the deal. And looking back, I'm, I'm very, very happy with it. Um, yes, I know I just set the world record for money spent on a Kerwin Roach autograph. You could probably go on ComC right now and, and with 100 bucks, you could buy every single Kerwin Roach autograph on there. But at the same time, you know, that weekend I sold a 17th year base card of LeBron James for $75. So I'm just going to look at it as a trade or pretty close to a trade. I know the dollars don't amount, uh, dollar amounts don't match exactly, but um, I'll look at it as a trade, which I talked about a number of episodes ago. So that was, you know, one big transaction there. But speaking of trades, that was only the first big transaction of the show. And I would go on to make a real trade, which those are rare now. And dollar-wise, it would be the biggest trade I've ever made. Um, And it could potentially stay the biggest trade I've ever made. So as I'm finishing my circle of the show, I saw it. Um, An Oscar Robertson rookie. And a good-looking one, too. In fact, I I saw the card before I even saw the grade. I thought, wow, that is a great-looking card. Um... You know, a lot of them, like I said, they've been creased. One of them I was looking at online at one point had black marker all around it. Luckily, a good friend in the hobby talked me out of that one. Thank you, Jason. But this, you know, like I said, I looked at it. It it had great eye appeal to me, and it was a PSA 4. So I thought, okay, you know, that's a great combination. I have no problem pursuing a lower grade with higher eye appeal. So the centering looked good. The colors were bold. Um, There's a little wear at the top, but it didn't jump out at me. So, um, and, and, you know, maybe there's like a fingernail imprint on the front or something small. That might be why it's a four. But uh, I turned to Mrs. Wax Museum and I said, all right, my guess is he's going to want seven or eight hundred bucks. And I said, hey, what do you want for this? And he said seven hundred. So that was spot on. And I, he had a lot of vintage stuff, mainly from baseball and football. But I asked him, I said, you know, would you be willing to trade? He said, well, I'll at least see what you've got. And um, I've dealt a little bit with this guy before. He's always been nice to me, but uh, most of his stuff is really out of my range. It's, it's not what I'm looking for. I'm usually trying to dig in his value boxes. So he opened my box with my LeBrons and... Um, his eyebrows went up a little and he, he even let out a little wow and I don't think he was expecting to see the LeBrons that were in there um, and at the same time this is a position I'm not usually in because I, I just made a couple of good buys that appreciated a lot over a short amount of time these are not normal circumstances uh, one of the cards was a 2003 Upper Deck Star Rookies PSA 9 that I bought about a year and a half ago for $35. Well, at the time of this show, it was worth $1,100. So, you know, that card made a huge jump. 
I figure it will go up more over time, but look, I'm from 35 to 1100. I'm okay with that jump. Uh, and then the second card is one the second card I had in there, or one of the, the cards was one I've talked about on this program before. It was a 2019 2020 Prism Silver SGC 9.5. That's the one that I sent in for my first grading experience. Um, that one was a little bit harder to value. Um, I tried to place it between a PSA 9 and a BGS 9.5, and uh, this dealer, and his name was Adam. Uh, he shared his hesitations to comp it any higher because it was in an SGC slab, and, and I understood that. Um, and at the same time, you know, I got this LeBron in a $20 lot, and that's another one that's jumped a lot over a short amount of time. So these two LeBron cards, I had $55 into the pair. Um, you know, the rookie was really nice. The the silver to me is like junk wax, and I, I don't mean to offend anyone that you know wants these or own these. I just can't justify keeping it for the price that it brings, especially when there's other stuff in front of me. So um, I showed you know I laid out all of these cards, and the dealer was a lot more interested in the 2003 upper deck rookie, and he asked how much cash he would have to add on to um, the Oscar to get it. And uh, I figured it would get kind of tricky having to do, trying to do a cash and cards trade. So it was about that moment that I looked down and I realized what card was sitting right next to the Oscar rookie. It was a PSA 5 Bird Magic rookie. And this was another card I'd been shopping for in January. It wasn't my main target, but it was another one I felt like, you know, I'd kind of missed the boat on, um, and maybe we would be able to make something work. So I asked him his value on that one, and he said 700 bucks. So that put the estimated value of, of those two cards at around $1,400. I valued my two cards at the time around 1600 or 1700 combined. And, you know, I understood that as a dealer, he paid to set up the tables, and, and uh, he needs to make a little bit of money on these for this to work. Uh, but I still wanted to close the gap a little bit, so I asked for him to throw in another $100, which um, he was pleasant about it, but he explained his hesitation with the SGC slab. So, And I understood that, so we ended up doing the deal straight up. Like I said, I, I had $55 into the, the two LeBrons anyway, so uh, I ended up with a couple of monster PC cards. So it was a win-win. He was happy. I was happy. You know, it wasn't painful. We were fair with one another. So, uh, Adam, once again, thank you for your experience. You know, I hope we can deal again in the future. Um, so, anyway, I, you know, I was pretty pumped up after that. There was more, there were more tables to look at, but, um, you know, I was already pretty pumped up. I was wanting to send pictures of that to people, <laughs> some of my collecting friends. And uh, I, I kept telling my wife, I finally found an Oscar rookie. Um, because, and she had heard me talk about it all this time. She probably thought when I found it that that would end. And yet here I was still talking and talking and talking. So um, I left with the Topps Chrome card that shouldn't exist. I left with an Oscar Robertson rookie. I left with a, a Bird Magic rookie. Overall, it was an awesome day. Um, and then later that night, a friend called me and, and told me that he had a table there the next day and because it was a two-day show, and he asked if I wanted to split it. So luckily, I had most of my stuff ready from a small show I did the week before. So I was ready, and I did it, and that was fun. 
I'm not going to go through the entire second day for you, but um, I will say I did pretty well. And I do want to close with a few just general observations from this card show because maybe you're in a different region and maybe things are different where you're at. I I just like to hear different perspectives. So uh, first off, percentage-wise, this was the most basketball I have ever seen at a show. Um, out you know out of all the shows I go to, baseball has been king. And even at the national, you know, there's a little bit of everything, but there's an entire wing of vintage baseball. Although you know the landscape probably look, would have looked different if we had a national this year, but basketball was the hot item at this show. And my friend that set up with me, he had mainly baseball stuff. And with the exception of uh, Lewis Robert and some other player I don't even remember, we didn't have a lot of people asking about baseball. Uh, Additionally, there were a good amount of kids that came through, which is encouraging to see. The promoter, uh, he had like six five-row monster boxes in the lobby with free cards for kids. I thought that was pretty cool because those little things go a long way. And the promoter in general was awesome, super personable, Went out of his way to take care of you. Uh, I don't remember his first name, but I know his Instagram handle is at Redbeard Sports Cards. So thank you very much for taking care of us. As far as the layout of the average table goes, I would say that nearly every table had some sort of mixed optic or mosaic box, which tells me everyone opened this stuff. And there's a lot of it out there. Um, you know, I know I've heard some film critics talk about the Marvel movies and say that they're getting Avengers fatigue. Well, you know, the same thing applies here. You have to wonder when people are going to get shiny card fatigue. Um, speaking of which, most showcases had the exact same shiny Zion, Luca, and Morant stuff. And lots of people asking about Luca because the night before he had a monster triple double, so that's understandable. And then finally, <laughs> there were a lot of twenty and thirty something year old guys posing for photos with a handful of the same cards all panned out. And look, you know, I can't fault them for having a good time, but it was just funny to me. And I've said it before: collect what you like. But some of this stuff almost seems like a flex or a prestige thing. You know, okay, you've got six LeBron Prism base cards in your hands. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, It makes me wonder if people did this with Shaq rookies and Polaroids in 1994. Do you really like the card that much? Uh, And is it really a flex when the table next to you has the exact same thing? Uh, But if that's what you like, it's all good. Double down and keep collecting how you like. All right, well, there you have it. I appreciate you tuning in this week to hear about my mail and some of my card show experiences. Maybe you've been to a show lately and you've had similar experiences. Let me know on my social media. Those of you that are commenting on my Instagram post know that I see your messages. I still can't respond for some reason. I can't even add captions to my own post. I'm in Instagram jail. But don't let that stop you. Find me on my Instagram, which is at Wax Museum Podcast, or my Twitter, which is at Wax Museum PC. In the meantime, if you like the content I'm providing, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. 
hit up the Podbean site for a link to the merch store, tag Taco Bell and let them know they can pay me in burritos, or shop through my Fanatics link and I'll get a small cut. And until next time, this is the Wax Museum Podcast.